0: Welcome to the Marriage Steps Podcast, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener-supported, so to help keep it on the air, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps, so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of you who are already supporters of the program. The marriage tip of the night is don't try to change your partner. Do you ever catch yourself doing that? Wishing that they were like you and life would be so much better if they were like you? We all do this. Some of us do it more than others. But it's a trap because the moment we start wishing our partner was more like us, That feeds comments, that feeds criticism, and before long, our partner feels like we wish they were other than they are, and that erodes their self-esteem. But it's a balance. It also doesn't mean that we should just accept our partner 100% because mild to moderate compromise in marriage is part of the ingredients of having a healthy marriage. But you have to keep it realistic. So if you're married to an extrovert, don't expect them to become an introvert. However, they can learn to become a little more introverted. Or if you're married to someone really sloppy, don't expect them to become a neat freak, but expecting them to become neater is appropriate. So you want to accept your partner for how they are. However, mild to moderate compromise and change is reasonable. The marriage joke of the day is I get really uncomfortable when I notice how much the neighbor's kids look like me. We need to think about that one to let it set in. Okay, the marriage message of the day is five ways to manage setbacks in marriage. Have you had a setback recently? A setback is when things are going better and you're feeling some hope, and then all of a sudden things go backwards in your marriage and you feel hopeless and you feel despair and you start feeling like this is never gonna get better. This marriage stinks and I don't know if, if we have what it takes to make this thing turn around. And it's a horrible feeling, and every time you have those moments in marriage, you just get more and more exhausted, more and more wiped out. So, what do you do when you've had those moments? I have couples I work with in my practice who have those moments. Uh, they'll we'll have a session. I'll say, "So, how have things been going?" And things have gotten worse in between our appointments. And normally, it's because we haven't had an appointment in a few weeks or something changed in their life, some type of life stress, like they traveled, or there's been a job change, or something with their kids, and so it's thrown them backwards. And so a lot of couples, when that's occurring, they can get so discouraged, and it makes sense. I've been there in my marriage, where things have been getting better, and then things go backwards, and it's a horrible place to be. So, five ways to manage this, if and when it happens to you. The first thing is you wanna zoom out. Think about the stock market. If we zoom out and look at the stock market over the past 10, 20, 50, 80 years, it's always gone up, it's always improved. However, if we zoom in really tight on the stock market like the last couple months, it's all over the place and it's gone down. So you want to keep it in perspective. You want to keep your progress in your marriage in perspective. So if you start feeling discouraged, zoom out and look at your progress over the last six months, over the last year, over the last three years, and most likely, if you've been working on your marriage and if you've been working with a marriage counselor, you should be able to see progress, how things have gotten better, and it's important to remember that when you're feeling discouraged, so zoom out. The second thing is you want to extend grace marriage is hard. Marriage is difficult. There's two imperfect people living in close contact day in and day out. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for all of us to learn to become one eye in and one eye out. Most of us in our marriage, either two eyes out where we get obsessed with our partner and what they need and we lose track of ourselves, or we're two eyes in and we're self-absorbed and we lose track of our partner altogether. So learning to be one eye in, one eye out is not natural for most of us. And learning what our partner needs, their fillers, and avoiding the drainers, that's not natural for a lot of us. And learning all the tools that you need for a good, healthy marriage that I teach, they're not natural. They don't come natural. So it takes a lot of patience, a lot of perseverance, and a lot of training to get good at marriage. So when you have a setback, give yourself some grace. Because it's not easy. And give your partner some grace because it's not going to be easy for them either. So that's the second thing to remember is extending grace both to yourself and to your partner because marriage can be challenging. It's hard work to get all the different pieces moving in the right direction. The third tip to remember when you have a setback in your marriage is you probably need to review the tools. So I'm really big, as I'm sure you know, on marriage tools and I've created multiple marriage tools including the brokenness chart, the head heart check, the compassion model, the uh, wedding cake model, the floor method, the four steps to a soft startup, the love bucket. There's a lot of tools that I've developed and I like to train couples on because I view marriage as a project. And when you're working on a project, you need the right tools. If you have the wrong tools, you're not gonna be able to fix the problem. And a lot of couples don't have the tools. And so therefore, I have developed these tools because I believe in them, I try to use them, and so hopefully they can help other couples improve their marriage. But the tools take a lot of training, just like anything takes training. Imagine sports for a second. If you've ever learned how to play a sport of any kind, the first time you learn it, it's awkward and it's difficult and you don't do that sport well. And it takes a lot of practice over and over until you get good at it and then it becomes more second nature. Likewise with the marriage tools that I teach. And initially, they're awkward. And initially, they feel inauthentic. But eventually, with more and more practice, you get better at it. But you can't just learn the tool once and expect to be a master at it. And that's what sometimes couples do. I teach them the tool once and then they get discouraged that they haven't been able to follow it or they haven't been able to implement it or they tried to implement it and it didn't go well. It's because they don't know the tool very well yet. So to practice the tools, if you start feeling like, man, we're having a setback, most likely, you need to brush up on the tools. So a lot of the tools are covered on my website, drwyattfisher.com. Through my podcasts, they're covered. Through my marriage seminars, they're covered. Or working with me one-on-one in counseling, I can cover them with you. But, but brush up on the tools because that will help you start moving in the right direction. The fourth thing to consider if you're having setbacks in your marriage is you want to identify the stumbling blocks what are the stumbling blocks all the tools that i teach are not going to fix 100 everything and each tool hits couples in different ways because of their own pre-existing issues maybe they have some triggers from their background some trauma some different personality traits that are interacting with those tools and making them challenging and so when you have setbacks look for what the setbacks mean for you what are the challenges you're facing what roadblocks are the setbacks revealing for you. In my marriage, we've had a lot of setbacks through the years on our sexual intimacy because of the trauma in my wife's background and then the negative dynamic it created in our marriage early on recreated more trauma for her and for me. And so we've had a lot of setbacks in the sexual intimacy domain. So we've had a lot of moments where we felt discouraged and hopeless and despair. I know I did. And in those moments, after we've recovered, we had to then think about, okay, what's the stumbling block? You know, where are we getting stuck? What do we need to do different? What's getting triggered for me? What's getting triggered for you? What can help you feel safer moving forward? How can I respond in a way that's going to help you feel safe in the bedroom to make you feel like you have control, like you have a voice? It's taken a huge amount of work for us to get to where we are. We're at a healthier place sexually now than we ever have been but it has not been easy. There's been multiple moments of despair and hopelessness. And so every time we've had a look at what's the stumbling block now? So what's yours? When you have a setback, look for the stumbling blocks. What needs to be addressed? What do you need help in? What, what are the aggravating variables that's making the tools difficult? What pieces are missing for you? The fifth thing to consider after you identify the stumbling blocks is seek support. Sometimes when you identify the stumbling blocks, you can resolve it on your own, or maybe you just need to read a book, or maybe you need to listen to some some more podcasts, or maybe you need to go to a seminar, or maybe you need to work with someone one-on-one, whether that's me or whether it's a marriage counselor near where you live, but seek support. I read a study the other day, and it said the average couple waits four to seven years before seeking marriage counseling. So that's four to seven years after they start having problems in their marriage it takes them four to seven years after problems begin before they finally reach out for a counselor and within that four to seven years every attempt they make to improve their marriage that doesn't work they get more and more hopeless understandably so don't wait four to seven years that's the worst thing you can do if you're having problems in your marriage and you're having setbacks don't wait four to seven years because by then you're exasperated and you're on your last leg and you're hanging on by a thread and your motivation is really low because you're so burned out don't wait that long seek help so reach out for a marriage counselor whether that's me someone else wherever you live but don't wait until you're on hanging on by a thread seek help early so that you can still have motivation to improve your relationship so those are five ways to manage setbacks and mirrors. Number one, you want to zoom out to keep it in perspective. Number two, you want to extend grace to yourself and your partner. Number three, review the tools over and over and over. Number four, identify your stumbling blocks. What has the setback revealed about you for stumbling blocks? And then number five, seek support. Thank you for listening to the Marriage Steps Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please click the five stars and leave a review. For more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website, drwyattfisher.com, and send me your marriage questions. You can message me on Facebook, Instagram, or email me directly at info at drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive, so treat it like it's something that's alive need to nurture it and foster it. And if you do, it will grow. But if you neglect it, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.